more terrifying than Poltergeist. They're here. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> more relentless than the Terminator. I'll be back after this word from our sponsor. The Kickabout. Don't run! Don't run! It'll find you anyway! <laughs> Kickabouts. Kickabouts. Kick I knew you were going to do that. It's the Kickabout Podcast. Week 17. How are you all doing out there? The uh, summer, at least in Scotland, has officially started. It's a bit of fun, and it's a bit of sun, and it's a bit of football. And hey, you don't need to know much about either to enjoy the show. <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> a wee clacker. If this, is your first, if this is your first time listening to our podcast in association with scottbet.com, think of it a little like <laughs> talk sport meets the Teddy T chimps from that advert. <laughs> On this podcast, eh, we fine. don't need no musketeer because we've got little Mickey Weir. How are you, Mickey? I'm great, Gordon. How are you? Eh, Mickey. On this podcast, we're going to try and track down Joe Tortolano, our regular contributor. I've done it before, but he's going to speak about the time or about his back going out more than he does. Boom, boom. We've got great sketches. Our resident celebrity football chef, Greg Sote, is going to be here cooking up another putrid dish and speaking filth. And also some bluffers' guides for going on holiday. Tonight, bluffing about pulling birds abroad. Coming up, part three of the summer special, The Knots at All Tales with Mickey Weir. We're in Germany for a part three. It's not to be missed. We've got to kick about top five. Today, I think top five tennis babes. We'll induct another person to the kickabout My Way Hall of Fame. Will it be Dick Fosbury or Johan Cruyff? We'll have another real fan coming on in our feature, Wishing and Hoping. Last week a Hibby and a Gunner. Today a Jambo. And we'll have another face-off this time, Mickey, if we can get around to it. Like a Masters, six aside. Last time, six sci-fi characters versus six TV cops. Tonight, six TV quiz show hosts. Three, two, one. Versus six referees. Who'd come out on top of that one? You can go the refs, I'll go the quiz show hosts, and on the back of the Confederations Cup, we'll be asking, what other useless things are there out there in the world of sports? And I'm sure there's a lot more coming up on the Kickabout Podcast. We're not like the other boys. We're gonna shout to the top, How are you, Mickey? I'm fine, Gordon. We're fine. going to go right over to She Tortellano. I bet he's sitting at Big McDonald's. I bet he's got Big McDonald's. Well, I hope he's got big, maybe Big something with him. It's ringing. <laughs> Can you hear his back? Oh, got to get the phone. Hello. Is this the Chubbs Tortellano? Yes, how you doing, Paul? Mr. Tortellano, I've got £50,000. All I need you to do is touch your toes ten times. <laughs> 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 
excuse me, I can't do that because I'd done that when I was in a jail last time and I couldn't walk for three and a half years. Joe, I've done the joke about three times in separate podcasts today, but your back is now officially going out more than you are. You've got to get that sorted, son. Yes, um, I'm afraid I try to. I bought too many Big Macs at McDonald's and I bust through the box and I try to catch them all before they hit the flare. Oh, what happens? What what happened? It was, it was just a. I was just buying too many Big Macs, wee man, and the, the box fell at the boat and I tried to catch them all before they hit the flare and I just. I've done a, a muscle spasm in my back. Oh, that is agony. I've got some. I try to get some Italian music for you. What did, yes. what did Papa Tortellano say about that? Well, he says I was just a silly boy, you know. <laughs> oh, it must have been absolutely agony, because we did... Oh, the, worst, did the, the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Listen, James, I've told ever. you, you can carry five or six, but when you start right. hitting 15 and 18, you know, what's I happening? I, I couldn't resist, I was quite hungry at the time, I worked like a... Like a madman in the morning, I could have ate about 20 of them. <laughs> What's uh, <laughs> and, I, and I paid the price. You were hospitalised, is that correct? Yes, I was. I got to go away in an ambulance and uh, hospitalised for about 10 hours in the hospital. So it's almost like this. On the men, but it's going to take me a couple of weeks to get back to my full strength again, mate. It's, oh. al- it's almost like the scene in The Godfather. Do you remember when yeah. he, he gets hospitalised himself? Uh-huh. That's right. And the young Corleone's got to go and guard him. I can do that. Well, I can... was Gordon. Yes. The only problem was, boys, that I was looking for the big blondes with the big kind of boobies coming to, coming to help me and all that. I, I was getting Hattie Jakes type that were filling the corner every two minutes. <laughs> Which was near yes to me. I says, where's all these big blonde bucks on nurses end up getting Hattie Jakes? But there you go. I love, I, I love that carry-on nurse that you're talking to. When, 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 when is it, what do you call them? Um, by the way, there was a few Kenny Williams in there too, by the way. Kenneth Williams is doing the chess expanders and Hattie Jakes walks in and Kenneth Williams goes, oh, well, I'm doing this because I was once a week man and Hattie says, well, once a week's enough for any man. Fantastic. Fantastic. To be fair, Chubbs, when I heard you had fell, I said to God, Mel, I was out that day and I never heard any rippling at all. You know, normally if the Chubbs goes doing the whole world, you know, but I never heard anything. It was a baby earth tremor, he was saying. Is things on the men now, Joe? I'm still bedroom. I'm just kind of get my bed at the minute. I'm just still doing a wee walk now and then. I'm just to walk every twenty minutes, just to the toilet and back. I kind of go down the stairs of that. So I'm just up the stairs in me, my bed watching telly and sleeping. And I'm absolutely it's doing me head in. I tell you what, you're an expert in Wimbledon by the end of the fortnight, won't you? How many sets? Oh. How many sets has Federer dropped? So how many games? <laughs> but have you seen the movie Rear? window when the hero kind of he breaks his legs he just has to look out across the window at his neighbours and he sees he thinks a murder getting committed what have you seen happening through the curtains because don't tell me Joe you've not got a set of binoculars beside your bed having a wee look out the window I've already been uh, dealt with that before and my wife says get away from that window (laughs) the binoculars are out and young Females are out hanging their washings up, wee man, and that's good enough for you, old dad. <laughs> How many thongs on the line today? I would love to be a windy cleaner, I'm no joke. I don't care about anybody, that must be the best job around. Well, I'll tell you what, you'd need some set of ladders, chubs, for you to go up. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. I, I, I could go up there with my three legs, I mean, my two legs, wee man. I tell you, I, I'll send you that DVD. Is it something like Confessions of a Window? Yes. I, 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 I've already seen it. <laughs> I just love the theme tune. <laughs> 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 That's brilliant. Early 70s 
soft porn music. You can't beat it. Uh, Joe, oh, listen, get get well, and we'll we'll send the Bond nurses at least Mickey in a wig. Uh, if you've ever seen Aye. Psycho, you know what you're going to be getting. Uh, we'll send him Aye. out to look after you. When you do, you got the stair, and it's the first room in the right. That's where you'll see me. <laughs> oh God, that's <laughs> terrible. Oh, it's the greatest look. It's in Joe Tortolano. Thank you very much. See you later, Cheers, Joe. Cheers, Joe. Joe Tortolano there, that is a... What a shame. Oh, for, I feel for, for the chubs. He'll, he'll be hungry. Speaking of hungry, Mickey, we've got a very big favourite of yours, our celebrity chef, Mr Greg Sotage. Do you remember him? Yes, I do. We've got him on because watching Wimbledon, you like to sit ah. down with a wee, uh, a wee snack, a wee sandwich. Well, sit back and let me just warn you, if you're of a sensitive disposition, <laughs> please maybe turn the podcast off or forward wind it. But take it away. Talking of buffet sandwiches, Greg Sauté. Football food in your home. Presented by ex-Meadowbank Thistle reserve team player and celebrity chef, Greg Sauté. How's it going? Now, as many of you know, I've already talked about the sandwich, but the buffet sandwich is a horse of a different colour. For a start, buffet sandwiches are usually cut into wee triangles without the f- crust. What the f- is all that about? Talk about giving yourself extra work. I suppose that's how these can get away with charging you what they do for a buffet. Because they need to hire in folks special just to cut the sandwiches into wee triangles. Tell you what, next time you're ordering a buffet, just say to them, oh, and listen, if you don't cut the sandwiches into wee triangles, how much less would it be? I swear, if that doesn't save you a right few quid, I don't know what the f*** will. Oh, f*** me man it's so depressing I hardly even want to talk about it I mean you need a good half dozen of the f- just to make up one normal slice of bread next week something else and thanks once again to Greg Sote chef to the stars oh Greg Sote there well done Greg go on Greg he's um say as you mean it <laughs> um, you like a wee nibble in front of the box don't you oh, we'll have to do a, se- a special show what nibbles do you like watching sports Doritos bang Huge, mong- a humongous pack. Of Fascinating. Oh. So you're going for the maze-based oh, snack. Right. Oh, right. Right. Oh, Doritos. What are you, a pizza? I quite like, uh, no, I quite like the crisps. But no, Doritos is more, more potato-based. You're more maze-based oh, snacks. Me definitely. Oh, definitely. I'm going to try and get an, an expert on from the snack industry. There's got to be a snackologist out there, Mickey. Snackologist. One person <laughs> that knows exactly oh, which geez. snack goes which, which sports, you know. Sometimes the Olympics, when it's jumping between sports, you may just want to have a wee bit of everything to mirror the. It's, it's a, make mental note there, Mickey. Make mental notes. Popcorn, a wee popcorn, I know. A good movie, old popcorn, can't be it. A bit now, Mickey. <laughs> that music only can mean hoping. Last week. With a hibby and a gunner. And I'm delighted to say we've got another real fan, another true fan on the other end of the phone. He um, is going to tell us his wishes and his hopes, wishing and hoping. In fact, let's, has, let's ask him. Stevie, what's your team? Who are you wishing and hoping about? Heart of Midlothian. Heart of Midlothian. Well, Stevie, we'll have our problems, Stevie, we'll have our problems. <laughs> The airwaves are yours, Stevie. Great season you had. Thirds, can you improve on it? Can you actually split the old firm? What are you wishing and hoping for? Well, what I'm wishing for 
is that we do split the old firm. That would be great. That's what I'm wishing for. That'd be marvellous. What I'm hoping for is it for third place again. Mm-hmm. Be a good enough season. And when it comes to personnel, have you any wishes and hopes there? Well, I'd like to see. Um, like we lost Robbie Nielsen to Leicester City um, at the end of last season, and uh, we need to replace him. I'd like to see a more attack-minded right back. For all that Robbie was a great servant to the club and mm-hmm. a good defender, I'm more of a fan of the wing back option than opposed to the right back. So, mm-hmm. um, in midfield as well, we need someone to replace that talisman, Bruno Aguiar. Yeah, I'd love to see somebody come in and replace him. Um, who that is, I don't know. Ian Black that we recently signed from Inverness. Um, I'm not actually all that sure if he'll be able to do that job or not. Um, I'd like to think he should. I'd like to see him come in. And are you Are you going to hope that Laszlo uh, Shaba Laszlo gets the money to bring these players in? Yeah, what's I, the chat yeah, there? Is, I mean, the, is there money available? What's the What's the word in the street? Well, what I'd love. Um, the thing is, all I've seen there is uh, media reports, and uh, what I do pay attention to is the evening news because uh, I don't think I pay that much attention to the Sun or the Daily Record. Uh, the evening news seems to hit on the head for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I like to see is um, I don't like to. What, what I don't think happens is that um, as soon as they've got the flat, uh, as soon as they've got the picture of them in the paper with a heart scarf wrapped around their their. Uh, their neck that's when I tend to believe we're going to actually get the signings as opposed to <laughs> yeah, that's right uh, they're there they're just there. reports spurious yep. reports you know mm-hmm. Steve if it was two players I'll give you a, I'll put you in the spot now two players have you yep. offered two players in the Premier League or if Laszlo was going to go and get two players who would you have who would be the two you'd go for at the moment out of the, the Scottish Premier yes, League so the the Scot- well wherever the Scottish Premier League you know first division second wherever you know what do you think? Even down south, well, it was a player. Realistic, realistic. We've all gone crazy. I've a player I do like, and I think he might have been a bit unsettled at Aberdeen last year with Ricky Foster. Ah, uh, it's a right mm-hmm. fullback, isn't yeah. it? Ah, uh, a right back, and he's. And I think he was an option. I think he started his career as a winger. That's right. And I really yeah, talk man. about uh, Morris Ross, etc., being freed from whatever the Turkish club he was playing for. And my memories of him playing at. Uh, uh, Ibrox, where uh, I'm sure he was quite an attack-minded individual, and that's what I'd like to see. So Ricky Foster, I mean, I, I presume he was out of contract at the end of last season. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he still had a year to play. Uh-huh. Um, I'm talking realistically. If you put me on the spot, Mickey, that's right. I mean, I think we, could, we could get somebody like that. Uh-huh. And there was speculation about Lee Miller, and I, I thought Lee Miller did a good job at Hearts when he was there on loan. Well, Lee Robo had him in. That's right. Yeah. And uh, I thought he did a good job, you know, and then I think he lost the way a bit when Dundee United. And over the last season, he's picked up his focus back at uh, Aberdeen. So, go for a couple of Aberdeen players. I'd like to see Ricky Foster come in, and I'd love to see Lee Miller back at the club. I like the boy, I think the boy Foster, I think there'll be clubs in for him. Mm-hmm. I had a wee, a wee whisper yeah. a number of weeks ago that Celtic were seemingly chasing, uh, looking at him as well, but... Time will tell. That's the two players you're, you're quite interested in having, Steve. You would, you would take ah, I'd like to see those two in the And uh, you've contributed on the league. Just a final look. We've only got a couple of seconds. A final look to the Cups. You've got the league and Scottish. You look back to the last season and the season before. Any thoughts, any wishes and hopes for the Well, Cups? last season we had an absolute disaster against Falkirk. It was an absolute and It was terrible. But, um, I think we could uh, have a good run in the Cup this season. I'd like to see us do well and... Uh, I don't see any reason why we can't lift the cup again this season. 
Okay, that's brilliant. Uh, all that's really to say is, Stevie, on behalf of Heart of Lothian, done them proud, you've wished and you've hoped for splitting that old film. All Thank the best, Stevie! Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Well done, Stevie. And since it's summer, Mickey, I thought we'd have a little bit of this. Flapper's Guide number 69. Pulling a woman at the away leg of a European tie. To successfully pull a woman at the away leg of a European tie, the following is required. 1. Dress to impress. The Tartan Army has a reputation for scoring away from home in terms of pulling women, and the main reason for that is the kilt. Dig yours out, stick your newest club top on, and pretty soon you'll be badgered by curious locals eager to find out what's under your sporran. 2. Role play. This is in fact easier than it sounds. Pretend you're cool, pretend you have a fantastic job, pretend you're a minor celebrity on radio or regional TV. Hey, it has worked for Gordon Dallas over the years, why not you? 3. Handle the local hooch. Remember, if you have a mission to hook up with the sort of stunning female you could only dream about back home, you cannot get tanked up on the local booze and jump up at the karaoke to sing Spanish Eyes to impress her. This may work back home, but in the sophisticated climes of the continent, a simpler wooing approach is required. It is a well-documented fact that many European women prefer slightly animalistic tendencies in their men. So approach and lightly growl, You're right, darling. And you could be in. 4. Continuing the animalistic theme, always travel in packs of no less than 12. This gives your mates the opportunity to talk you up to a possible target while you are in the kazi. Be aware, however, that there is a potential for your friends to go too far with any praise they heap on you. For example, the 1987 incident when Big Shug went to relieve himself, all his mates started telling a pretty senorita what a nice, kind and considerate guy he was. By the time he had come back out, smiled and picked up his drink again, he was the rightful heir to the Scottish throne and the process of recognising this was going through the European courts. 5. Speak the lingo. A tiny piece of knowledge can go a long way, and if you are familiar with at least a couple of phrases in the local language, the women will not fail to be impressed that you are in fact a cunning linguist. Enough said. Well, don't say we don't do a public service on this show, the Bluffer's Guide to Pulling Women Abroad, Mickey. Uh, more Bluffer's Guys coming up uh, in other future podcasts. And also, we still may get Mr. Greg Soti. Mickey, came across this book. A big Ron Atkinson quotes. Can't, I can't pass it up, Mickey. I can't pass it up. Um, his knowledge of the game is... Beyond doubt, you know, only Big Ron could say Woodcock would have scored, but his shot was too perfect. I've had this sneaking feeling throughout the game that it's there to be won. I mean, that's just genius, that's Big Ron. Genius, Aye. It's, it's taking the right points here, Ron. And what about this, Ron? They must go for it now, as they've nothing to lose but the match. Which. Oh, obvious. Yeah? I mean, that's just like, it's, it's the clarity, <laughs> the insights. <laughs> And of course, Big Ron was a man for mastering the language. I've 
balls up numerous occasions, Mickey, but oh, I know listen that. to this. I know that. Beckenbauer has really gambled all his eggs. I didn't know Beckenbauer kept a hen farm, but there you go. He uh, gambled his eggs. Someone in the England team will have to grab the ball by the horns. Not too sure. <laughs> what kind of ball? Is that a size five or a size bull? He's treading on dangerous water there. Big Ron. Uh, and of course, again, say what you mean, Ron. For me, the book is still open and totty. Not too sure that one. <laughs> uh, well, either side could win it or it could be a draw. Ron Atkinson, we salute you. Well done, Ron. What were you talking about? Ah, oh, it's a difficult what one there, isn't it? What a difficult one. Hey, Mickey, we are, one of my subjects for tonight was going to be the Confederations Cup. Useless things. I'm not saying it's totally useless, but it's uh, out there for being a bit useless. What other useless things are there in the world of sports? What do you think pretty much useless? And I've already got one, by the way. Right. You played on the field, but I've been watching it off the field. Those clackers, it's like a big tube and you bend it in half and you clack together. What that is? What is that? Totally useless. I've got to go my one, Gordon. Right? Is I was watching a horse race another day there for other horse people out there. And they have this rope. I don't know if you've seen it. They have a rope that starts all the horses off. Supposed to start all the horses off together. Aye. There's one twenty-five length behind them. Yep. What's the rope for? Boss, what, uh, useless. I mean, absolutely, absolutely useless. Just bring it forward. I mean, bring it, the horses. Twenty. I swear to God, it was twenty length mm-hmm. behind it. I can't. I just can't get my head around it. I'm like, so what have they got the rope for? The rope's obviously there to keep them all steady from busting through it and all that. This horse is 20 lines behind it. It never got in the race. Absolutely useless. Useless. I tell you what, sometimes useless. I can't understand uh, linesmen. How many linesmen, you know, absolutely useless. Let the referee take the blame. What? What is it? What's the bikes? Because you tell me what the bikes are. Have you seen these players now sitting behind the dugout with the Aye. bikes? Warming up with the bikes. What's that about? No. Mickey, when you were a player, did you think, oh, I need, a, I need an exercise bike? <laughs> Absolutely useless. Aye. I mean, surely you could just jog up the top of the pitch and jog back, didn't it? Yep. And jog. What's the bikes for? Is this just modern technology? Is this just all this stuff? Fair enough, if you could get on the pitch on your bike. Uh-huh. You know, then you uh-huh. could think, I'm warming up on the bike to get on the pitch. Put your bike here, big man, I'll be up and doing there, no problem uh, with useless. that. That's useless. Uh, nonsense. Mickey, can I throw another one in, in statistics? Right, come on in. Statistics. How many useless bits of oh, statistics? No, I didn't even go there. You know, I don't even. I read and, one other And day. I'm not even talking about during the game. Just some of the statistics before the game. and then Pass, Completion of passes. Yeah. Right. Now, this is a thing that I argue about all the time. I'm useless. Right. Completion of passes. Now, I can pass the ball five yards to my friend all day. But how many passes can I actually put a striker through in goal? You know? Or pass it back, pass yep. it to a wide man to run on. Into. These kind of things. All these things sound great, the statistics. We passes here and that. I could go and stand and watch. Uh, I could watch a football game where a player doesn't get the ball. Maybe no gear get the ball away all game. But it's what you do with the ball. I remember Darren Fletcher once saying that, you know, Alex Ferguson pulled him in his office and said to him, you know, what you need to change about your game is you need to be braver and try a pass that's no own. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a, a defence pass, a splitting pass, as we call it. You play the safety game. A safety Sam, you used to call them. A safety Sam players. There's so many of them that just keep the ball simple. And their statistics will look great. And they'll look great. Completion. Yeah. Yeah. But there'll be a guy like uh, Paul Scholes, for instance, you know. In his heyday, when he was at his best, he'd hit a 25, he'd maybe make four passes in the game, but they four passes, we put a striker through and goal. 
or a wide man through and goal, and that's the wee difference gone. So you're right, statistics, some it's yeah, absolutely useless. Yeah, of course. There's been admittedly good one or two good statistics, but then it's been just crammed full of them. You know, they just there's it's far too many, far too many useless ones. I would say as well, absolutely useless. Thirty shots at goal. 25 and I'm over the bar. Mm-hmm. Does it matter? There's only one thing. I played in a game a couple of weeks ago, gone as you know, right? And I was obviously, and I was having a shocker with my knee. <laughs> I was running a bit like heedless do. But and I just happened to get my just turning and hit this ball, and it ended up in the net for some reason, right? But and the wee guy come up to me and said, "Oh, that was this, and that was that." I said, "Goals don't move, son. Forever, whatever games I've ever played in, the goals don't move." If you know where you are in the park, the yep. goals do not move in any pitch. The legs might be slower. They might be slower, whatever, but the goals don't move. And that's what basically, nobody can never tell. I mean, if you see the great strikers going, you're yep. kind of leashes and that. They just turn and hit them. But they've got an idea. People say, nah, but they have. They've got an idea where the net is. Yep. I tell you, you what, uh, sorry, Mickey, we could run on it with this bit. Yep. Uh, footballs that have counters in them that tells you how many you've kept up. Can you not just count yourself? <laughs> I've, I've looked at the kids' football markets, and it's like you not just just get a proper ball and keep it up and count it. It's quite good for your schoolwork as well. It's all these sort of Andy Gray advertise a couple of them as well. You know, they're yellow balls, and I've got the sort of uh, counters within them. And it's also it's like a dog lead. Mm-hmm. They, you kick the ball and you bring the ball back to you on a lead. Well, I've seen a you, know, you hold the lead and you uh, kick it. It's elasticated. Why can't you kick a ball, keep it up, hit a wall that comes back to you? We spoke about a number of weeks ago, going with David Beckham, didn't we? About the, his delivery of the ball. Mm-hmm. There's so many wide players, you know, that could maybe cross thirty balls, but absolutely done nothing. Yep. David Beckham, his ratio will maybe be eight out of ten, right on the, the striker's head or his foot. That's the difference. That's what you call class. That's what you call ability to put. There's no point in being a wide man if you're putting it thirty crosses over the bar or by the by the front post and over the back post. It's about the ratio of getting it right where it matters. Roy Keane would cite the prawn sandwich brigade. Uh-huh. Totally useless. They uh-huh. come, eat the prawn sandwiches. Don't cheer. Don't get into it, and then leave early. Useless. I'll tell you what's useless. You go for it, Mickey. Our British tennis players. Aye, absolutely oh. mingle. Six. <laughs> I think it was six out in the first day. <laughs> and know, Andy, Mur- Andy Murray's come out and had a go at him. And I think he's right. He's saying, you know, we need to get ordinary tennis players, what he means, back to basics, guys who have got something, because he believes that as a, as a middle class, you know, it's got, you've got to be sort of middle class That's to right. take up tennis. Yep. And golf, maybe. And golf. Yep. And it's true, Gordon. That's right. It's useless. useless. I, I'm off it. You know what I'm like. I'm from the, the people from members, the members. People from the streets know what everything's all about. Members of these clubs yeah. are refusing to let kids on in a Saturday afternoon or women on in a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday morning because that's their club. And, they, you know. Barrison. And you you can get blackballed, as I say, if you're not from a great family or you're black or you're. Uh, in certain golf clubs, I know, if you're Catholic, you won't get in. You know. It's unwritten. It's a, it's a nonsense. Absolutely, Absolutely. disgusting. Not just that, Gordon. Uh, Talent's getting wasted. How many yeah. folk would love to get kids? It's because these of these. It's all this stuff. It's going to be. It's going to football. The money. All these big things that are coming out in football at the moment. You know, like we talked about bikes, and we talked about uh, medication, and all different stuff in that. It's a game of football, Gordon. Right. Doesn't matter how fit you are. Doesn't matter how you can do. I can run round the track. You know, thirty percent quicker than what I did last year. If you can control the ball and pass the ball, you've got a wee chance. The rest is useless. The rest is, you know, it doesn't mean nothing. I'm with you in that with Mickey. In fact, there's more toys, there's more things that are absolutely useless, you know. Oh, that's, we'll have to come back to that with Mickey, but first, uh, let's get a wee bit of this. 
I've got to do a top 10, I'm going to do a top 5 today. Uh, top 5 tennis babes. Can I start us off? Mm-hmm. A pastor in the Pleasance, here in Edinburgh, if you know your Scotland very well, Gabriella Sabatini. Did I, you? I held the door open for her. You played in Edinburgh. Right, having a laugh now. Number 5, give in us number boot, 4. In a boot. At the Pleasance Sports Centre. How should... do you know Sabatini? I know it's Sabatini. No, but how did you know? Somebody tell you. Yes. You're having a laugh. And I knew it was Sabatini. Sabatini. Gabriella Sabatini. Chris Everett Lloyd. Chris Everett Lloyd, number four. I'll raise you Anna Kornikova. The wee Russian. That's not bad. That's not not bad. bad. That's we not need bad. a number two, Mickey. I'm struggling. Back. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I think we can... You want to go for Navratilova? She's yeah. yours. Aye. If I walked in, it was Chris Lloyd. Actually, the Chubbs is looking alright. The Chubbs will go in over that one. That'd be a good wrestling match. Virginia Wade, did you like the posh totty? <laughs> but we Tracy Austin. Tracy nice. Austin. We chubby nice. one, was it? No, she was she, like she, the American. She's quite young. Ah, uh, uh, Tracy nice. Austin, Austin. the top, yes, That's definitely. Right. We small, yeah. One for the small guys. She certainly moved better than any Austin I ever drove. <laughs> Remember those? <laughs> oh, hard one. Oh, been there. That's right, we just need one top head. I'll give it to you, because you should be holding them up. What about Billie Jean King? That's the <laughs> podcast features two women in another room. <laughs> Billie Jean's not my level. <laughs> uh, and coming in at number one, I think, I've looked at the photographs, I've got her there. Young, fit, very good tennis player and quite attractive. I'll go for Maria Sharapova. I, I, I know her cousin. He's a kind of wee guy. There's a sports broadcast in Russia called uh, uh, Gordonsky Legover. Great guy. Oh, you know, aye, one aye. of my uh, distant cousins. Aye, Sharapova's cousin. I'm wishing. Uh, hoping. I'm wishing. <laughs> we'll have to um, move on to the next section. It's a summer special. Get very serious now. Because it's part three of Mickey Weir's not at all tale. Part one, we left with Hibbs on a pre-season tour of Germany. Part two, Mickey Weir finds himself and Danny Lennon in a room within the army base with black combat gear on and the balaclava and the gun not loaded. He said, he looked in the mirror and then our thoughts came to you. Part three, then what happened, Gordon, was me and Danny had a meeting and we, we said, I said, you know, let's do it, wee man, let's go and terrorise this place. So, <laughs> we, we set the alarm for two, about two o'clock, whatever time it was, three o'clock in the morning. The alarm goes off, me and Danny gets up, gets the clobber on, and it was a black gear, but we, we actually, to be, we, we've got a green sort of camouflage jacket as well, just to sort of they're like doing a wee bit no make it too too scary you know and then we got the the window opened up the back window and jumped out the two the two of us jumped out this window well this kit on and we not went the next again dormitory opened the window their window was just a wee bit on opened it and jumped in and Danny with <laughs> Danny with his accent proceeded to to shout at two or three of the players to get themselves up out their beds 
a lie on the floor. And this is at three in the morning? Yes, three o'clock in the morning. In an army base in Germany where the Hib squad were staying? Yes. You climbed in a window? Yes. With full army gear on with rifles? Uh-huh. And Danny Lennon said again? Would you get yourselves off out of your bed, sorry, on the floor, arms behind your back, and don't don't whisper a word? And Danny Lennon had an Irish brogue. Yes, he had a great accent at the time. I don't want to do it because no. I'm not the best at that, but... So we did do that, so of course two or three did come out of the bed and pleaded for their lives, their families, anything they could plead for they done. So eventually we got them on the floor. So the players whose dormitory you'd broken into believed that you were actually terrorists? Yes, they did at that time, yes. So then we did, we went to the next dormitory, we had them lying down, went to the next dormitory from the front, the front side of it, Opened it, knocked on the door, opened the door, and got the other ones out. With Danny doing the same action, I'm just in the background, no saying too much, but looking the part, R- looking very scary. So we've done this, I would say about five or six, maybe more rooms. But what the, the other thing was, we pulled them right out, and you could imagine it, you know, in the middle of the <laughs> the dormitories. We've got them outside the rooms, uh-huh. and they're all lying. And I'm telling you, you man, they were screaming for their lives. But the lights were out, so they had no idea what was going on. Then, I think it was maybe about ten minutes later on, the bold Alec Miller and the physio came in. And me and Danny were at the top of the dormitory, we've got them all lying, and I'm telling you, they were (laughs) terrified for their lives. And me and Danny, we just kept going up and kicking them and, you know, winding them up and keep your head down and don't look at us and all that stuff. And the bold Alec Miller come in with the physio. Right at the bottom of the, the, the room, eh, the landing, sort of landing with mm-hmm. And we ran right down to him, and we, Danny's ran up and says, Right, get your hands up against the wall. And Alec Muller's right up against the wall, he's got his hands up, the physio's face away from us, and his hand up like that, and he's, shout, he's, <laughs> he's screaming <laughs> for his life. And at that minute, We'll just leave it for that, God, then we'll go on to the next one. That's absolutely perfect. We'll recap it in part four and move it on. So at the moment, we're in Germany. Mickey and Danny Lennon, in full combat gear with rifles, have got the Hib squads out of their dormitories at three in the morning, lying on the grounds in the corridors, some of them pleading for their lives. And it's another, not it's a tall tale, from Mickey Weir. Let's finish. He started the show, Mr. Greg Soti, because there's a lot of swine flu going out there, a lot of flu, a lot of colds, a lot of bugs. Here is Greg Soti's surefire way to cure a throat ailment. Mickey, Football thanks very much. Thank you. Home, presented by ex Meadowbank Thistle reserve team player and celebrity chef, Greg Soti. How's it going? We're going to be having a batter at concocting some of Old Father Sote's medicinal remedies for the soothing of a dodgy throat. Now there's nothing worse as far as I'm concerned than some well-meaning coming up to you when you're feeling a bit run down and asking if you're alright. I usually say, aye, I'm alright doing one side and all left doing the other. What business is it of yours, you cheeky So as soon as I set them straight, I go about making sure I can get my voice back on track. Now everybody knows that honey can be extremely soothing, but you can't always rely on honey. 
The last time I tried, honey, the wee strumpet was away in holiday in Spain with her boyfriend and wasn't coming back for another week, so I had to just make do with a soothing drink. Holiday? The wee boot. Now, to make Greg Sotis patented cure-all, you'll need the following ingredients. Hot water, ice, whiskey, a single malt, by the way, none of your blended I mean, what's the point in a blend anyway, eh? All you're doing is mixing malts, which as far as I'm concerned is a waste of a perfectly good malt. Blends are for wee lassies to add ginger ale or lemonade to. Finally, a teaspoon of something like honey or syrup. Okay, so first up, have all the ingredients in some rubber sheets spread around the chair you'll be sitting in. Then, pour the boiling water on your nads. Then quickly apply the ice. Take the teaspoon of honey and down that, followed by a couple of quick shots of the whiskey. Hey, it might not clear up your sore throat, but your stones will be throbbing that much it'll take your mind off the sandpaper you've got burning in your neck. Keep drinking the whiskey until it totally anaesthetises your throat and your nads and you're ready to face the day. Now this remedy could cause drowsiness, so my advice is not to operate any heavy machinery and don't even think about driving. Get your wife or your bird to chauffeur you about. Well, let's face it, you know not be doing anything else with them for a couple of weeks. Next time, something else. And thanks once again to Greg Sauté, chef to the stars. More terrifying than Poltergeist. They're here. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> More relentless than the Terminator. I'll be back after this word from our sponsor. The Kickabout. Don't run! Don't run! It'll find you anyway! 